0: Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Most of you know we're in a series titled Royals. Okay, we're in week three of this series. And two weeks ago, we had church online a week ago. If you came to the building and missed that, I'm so sorry. Uh, not planning on doing that again. So, but Two weeks ago, we kind of unveiled our theme for 2022. Uh, first, we, we acknowledged how often Jesus would talk about the kingdom of God. And we came to the conclusion that, okay, if Jesus is emphasizing the kingdom of God, maybe we should emphasize it too. Maybe it should be emphasized by his church. So we looked at uh, two different passages that would almost seem like Jesus is contradicting himself. Because in one of those passages, Jesus says, the kingdom is not yet at hand. But then in another passage, he says, behold, the kingdom of God is among you. And it's like, all right, Jesus. So is it here or is it not here? You're you're confusing me. Did you forget what you said? Like, is it here or is it not yet to come? Is, Is it still coming? What's the deal with the kingdom of God? And it led us to the conclusion that the kingdom of God is being established and is established in two ways. One, the kingdom of God is established now, here, and today in the hearts of those who submit themselves to his lordship. The kingdom of God is established wherever he is obeyed, wherever he is made lord. Remember, in its biblical context, that word kingdom, it's much more about reign than it is about realm. It's not about a castle or a palace when we think kingdom. It's about who's Lord of that specific people. It's about reign and rule. So then the second way that we see the kingdom being established is Christ came once, died on the cross, took our sin, made way for salvation, but how many know he's coming back? He's coming again and he's going to make all things new and it will be the completion of his kingdom here on earth as heaven and earth come together as he makes a new heaven and a new earth. Ultimately God's purpose for this for this world is to save a people for himself and then renew that world for that people to be in relationship with him forever. So considering all this, in 2022 our focus is Um, about making Jesus Lord. It's about being a a company of kingdom people, fully yielded and submitted to the one who reigns, fully submitted to the spirit of God. Remember, the spirit at work within us is on assignment from Jesus. They're not working separately, but when we yield to the spirit, we are yielding to Jesus, to the will of the father. They're working in unison. It's this, this, um, you know, complex thing that the Trinity does. And I don't have time to break it down and probably couldn't do it in a great way anyway. So, uh, you know, this is a year, you, you gotta think if, if this year we, we emphasize submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus like we never have before, I, I think we'll come into alignment with the will of God more than we ever have. If we, if we exercise a greater obedience to the word of God this year, as we submit to the Lordship of Jesus, I believe we will begin to live in the greater fullness of the power of God and the blessing of God. There's going to be something, you know, if we make him Lord and submit to his will, if we make him Lord, we will come into alignment with his will. And that's right where we want to be. Amen. Kingdom cult. We're committing ourselves to live as a company of kingdom people. Because Romans 10.9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So after we unveiled our theme, that's that's kind of our theme for 2022. We started a new series titled Royals and this is about kingdom driven relationships, the kingdom driven family. We started in the home. We did a broad brush of what it, what it looks like to be a kingdom driven family. And if you missed that, I'd invite you to listen to the message on the podcast because it's the foundation of what the rest of the series will be built on. Um, But the premise was about kingdom driven families and relationships. And we could sum up the entirety of that message like this, the Lord has a clear vision of what he desires and wills for the family to look like. In fact, in submitting to his lordship within these roles, within submitting to his lordship, each of our roles, the father, the mother, the kids, we actually have specific assignments within our home because he has a desire for each one of those roles. He has a will for what each one of those roles look like. Now we didn't get into specifics. We didn't break down those individual roles, but we did a broad brush of just talking about God's heart for the family. Some of the things, you know, we we talked about some of the things the Lord would have the priests, the Levites pray over the families um, in that day. And then we concluded with Joshua's exhortation to the people of Israel, all 12 tribes of Israel, choose today who you're gonna serve, right? Last week, Pastor Chad, he challenged us with the thought that no longer are just the Levites, the only priests, but considering what Jesus has done for us, what he's made way for and what he's given us access to, Jesus has now made us all priests and, and we're the priests of our homes, amen? So today we start week three of Royals and I wanna start off with our key scripture. I'll read this, it's a little bit of a longer passage. We're in Exodus chapter 16, verses 23 through 30. What I'll do is I'll read this verse, then I'll pray, and then I'll jump into the message. Is that okay? All right. Exodus 16, verse 23, it says this. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. This is Moses addressing the people of Israel once again. You know, Moses was a mediator. So God would give Moses messages. Moses would deliver those messages to the people of Israel prophetically right? He would be a mouthpiece for the Lord. So he says, he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set it aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots, or or, or odor. So this is after the people get released from Israel, right? Or or get released from Egypt. And they're they're living in the wilderness and God is providing manna. He's providing bread supernaturally each day. But he's told them, trust me to provide for you every day. You don't need to store it up and put it in your shelves. I'll give you what you need every day. And if you try to save it, it's gonna spoil. I need you to trust me that I'm gonna be your provision. But he's saying on the sixth day, you can store some food for tomorrow because I don't want you working on the seventh day. I want you to set aside one day as holy to me. So they wake up and and they realize, oh, the food we gathered on the sixth, it's not spoiled for the seventh. Does that make sense? Verse 25, Moses said, eat this food today for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day. They're disobedient, but they found no food. And the Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. I'm gonna read that again. They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift You, I think a lot of us have been missing a gift, the the Lord's gift to us. I'm jumping ahead, but come on, that that's strong. That do we understand? Do we realize that the intention of the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you? It's for you. That is why He gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. Maybe we don't take that Sabbath because we think that, maybe we don't trust the Lord that everything can get done, that all the tasks can get done, that all the money can be made, that the business can still thrive even if we take some time. I, I got to get through the key scripture and then we'll go <laughs> into it. But So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place, rest, Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful to be in your house. I pray that right now you would prepare our hearts till the soil of our heart. Let it be fertile ground to receive the seed of your word. Let it take root in our hearts and grow to produce fruit in our lives. This is one of those really practical messages, Lord, where We can come in and we can just listen to it and we can nod our heads and maybe throw out a couple of that's good, but if we don't apply it, we won't reap the blessing from it. So help us to not just hear your word, but help us to live it out. We need to apply it to our lives. I pray this church would foster kids as well in Jesus' name. Amen. I nerded out a little bit this week. I decided to do a little bit of research, which is really unofficial. It's like a bunch of Google searches, so it's not that impressive, but it sounds cooler if I say I I did a study this week, like I'm some scientist or something. So something I love to do with the scriptures is anytime you see God make some practical command, um, I, I like to look at some of the science, statistics, or facts around those instructions. So, things like keeping sex sacred for marriage and not getting drunk or even the command to not worry. I just look at some of the statistics. Why would God put those into place? So we know when, when, when we disobey those things, that's sin. Okay. I understand that, but is there physiological consequences when we disobey his word? Okay. Like the physical, I'm not talking about just the spirit. We know the sin, it affects our spirit, but does sin physically affect us. I love to look at this because oftentimes what you'll find is there's great purpose in why God's implemented the commands that he has, why he's commanded us to do the things that he has. And and so for us, when we choose to live outside of his lordship, when we neglect his kingship, make ourselves king and chase our own desires and do what we want to do, is there ramifications, is there consequences greater than just something happening in the spirit. We know the spirit man is affected, but what happens to our soul? Does it affect our physical being? And I'm always intrigued to discover how sin and disobedience affects much more than our spirit. Doesn't only affect us mentally, emotionally, or relationally, but sometimes our unwillingness to come under Jesus's lordship will affect our physical bodies, literally. And I've preached on this before, but I need to say it again. I think that, I don't know if it's because of the type of church we were raised in or certain pastors we've sat under or or whatever, but this word obedience sometimes becomes a dirty word in the church, but it's a beautiful word, right? And we have to remember that in love, God's created commands and he's given us instruction for this life because he loves us and cares for us and has an abundant life for you and I. There's a really convicting Proverbs um, I, I love to read because it always helps my perspective. It's Proverbs 19.3. It says this, uh, if it resonates with you, shout amen. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at the Lord. Amen. Seriously, I, you know, I, I think we forget that the Lord's commands, he's, he's given them, they've been birthed in love, and therefore are good just as much as they please God. Okay, so sometimes I think it's this performance act of like I gotta be good enough for God so he accepts me when actually he, he really cares about you and he wants to see you blessed and whole and complete. We talked about that peace word, shalom. So considering all that, we we read our key scripture. God commands the Israelites to rest. And just out of curiosity, okay, God wants his people to rest. We see that. God rested himself after the seventh day. There's something about rest that God values, that God emphasizes, that God cares about. So I just did a little research. Okay, well, you know, what what happens when when we rest? What happens when we, more importantly, neglect rest? When, When we don't get that, what happens to our physical being? How does it affect us? physiologically. And to make it really simple and broad, I just looked at when when the human doesn't get enough sleep. Make it simple. And and it didn't take long before I discovered that when we don't get enough sleep, when we don't get enough rest, it affects all types of systems in our bodies. Lack of rest affects our reproductive system. It lowers our sex drive. It lowers our testosterone. And ultimately, it causes humans to age faster than they normally would. Interesting. Interesting. Lack of rest affects our immune system where if we don't get enough rest in our life, we will be more susceptible to cancer. Lack of rest negatively affects our cardiovascular system by increasing the probability of having a heart attack. And the list goes on and on. But this study I found, uh, this statistic I found more interesting really than the rest of them. And, And it's this, that lack of sleep leads to the development of a toxic uh, toxic protein in our brain called beta amyloid, okay? You can tell, I know this well. Any doctors in the room, you don't judge me right now, okay? (laughs) Beta amyloid, okay? Now, what happens when we get into this deep realm of sleep is it kicks on a sewer system in our brain that washes out this toxic protein from our brain, beta amyloid. But if we don't get the adequate amount of rest, that protein begins to build up in our brain. And this protein, as as they've studied it, as as they look at how it affects the brain, um, it's connected back to dementia and Alzheimer's, which is essentially the deterioration of our brain and its inability to function properly. So I have a couple pictures here just, just to show what it looks like physically. Now I'm going to break them down medically or biologically or whatever that might look like. Are there pictures in there? No pictures in there? That's okay. You guys see these brains? Vigilize. So you can tell that it's the brain's been eaten away. The brain shrivels up. The brain deteriorates. And, and here's what I sensed in my spirit as I was prepping this week. And in the same way, lack of sleep can lead to the deterioration, the strength, in the function of our brain. If it does end up on there, let me know. Okay. Um, But in the same way, lack of sleep can deteriorate our brain. I think that neglecting the Sabbath, not, not only as individuals, but neglecting the Sabbath in our homes can lead to the deterioration of the strength and the function of our spirit. Where if we don't rest, our spirit man grows weak. In the same way, lack of rest affects us physically. And here's what I want to say. And I've been convicted putting this together all week because I'll be the first to admit that like, you know, in in ebbs and flows, we've done okay with the Sabbath, but more and more lately, especially as, you know, life has changed in new seasons, we used to protect Mondays and that was our Sabbath. But more and more now I'm on my phone. I'm having conversations about the church. I'm answering phone calls from different people and we've started to neglect the Sabbath. But, but, But this is what I know. Kingdom families honor the Sabbath. And in in this culture and how busy we are I would you know probably guess that a lot of us are not honoring a Sabbath right now and I think as we go through this we'll see the fruit um, and maybe you're in here today and you're like what is the Sabbath and the Sabbath is simply taking one of the seven days a week setting it aside as holy and committing that one day to rest now we see its origins instructed by God in the Old Testament if you know your Bible, you know that the, to take the Sabbath is actually one of the 10 commandments. But before he even assigns the 10 commandments to the people of Israel, he makes mention of it in Exodus 16. Let's go to Exodus 16 really quick, verse 23. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set it aside for what is left for tomorrow. Tomorrow. So they put some aside until the morning and just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. And Moses said, eat this food today for today is the Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There'll be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There'll be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. And the Lord asked Moses, how long would these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. And on the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. And on the Sabbath day, you must close your laptop and stop answering emails. And on the Sabbath day, we don't show houses. And on the Sabbath day, come on. You're calling people out, Huff. I am too. Come on. <laughs> I like that. Come on, on. On the Sabbath day, it doesn't mean on the Sabbath day, you got to sit in a chair all day and not move. But on the Sabbath day, it means that you don't work. Okay. So Caleb Marlin, you've talked about, I like to go cut wood, man. It refreshes me. Just feel like that's okay. On the Sabbath day, that's not related to your work. That, that refreshes your soul. On the Sabbath day, it's, it's taking time to, <sighs> setting it aside is as holy to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day, so the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. So this is the first mention of where the Lord is commanding the people to rest. Um, but then we know Moses receives the Ten Commandments, and this is this is for the people of Israel. You know, in the Old Testament, there's like 600 and, and something laws, but it started with the Ten Commandments, and then. <laughs> you know, Moses comes down from the mountain and they're having a rager, you know, they got, they, got, they got red bull and vodka and a golden calf that they're all dancing naked around, you know, like, so it's like, okay, we're, we're already breaking these laws. So let's, let's put in more and then man breaks those laws. Okay, let more specific, they're not getting, we need more rules and then man breaks rules and, and we, you know, finish it off with 600 laws that nobody can keep. Praise God for the law of the spirit, amen? But we're familiar with the 10 commandments. The 10 commandments, right? Uh, have no other gods before me, make no idols, you shall not kill, and the list goes on and on. But I think sometimes we forget that one of those 10 commandments was honor the Sabbath. What some of us may not even realize, it's the most descriptive, longest commandment out of the 10. Look at this. So, so in Exodus 28 through 11, he, he lays it out as he's revealing the 10 commandments to Moses. He says this, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it Holy. Holy, set apart, sanctified. None of of the work gets in. This is set apart. None None of the busyness bleeds into it. You know, I'm conflicted because... I'm conflicted because Monday is going to be my Sabbath. And I was like, all gung ho, this is going to be the day that we keep. And this week I'm starting strong. And, you know, I had a conversation with pastor Jason. He's like, Hey, here's the, uh, here's the um, giving returns for people for the year. And, you know, I have a couple of them. He's like, if people don't pick these up, then you need to go to the post office and put stamps on them and mail them out. And I'm like, conflicted. Like he's like, but they have to go out on Monday. I'm like, dang it. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're making me sad. Anyways, here we go. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, the family, your sons, and your daughters, your male and female servants, your, ma- your livestock, even your animals got to rest, okay? He's sealing it all up. Kitty, quit mowing the lawn, okay? (laughs) For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. The Lord never asked you something he's unwilling to do himself, right? For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. God rested. You know, I did a study this week and what it means. How How did God create the world? He spoke it into existence, right? So that I guess that original Hebrew word for he rested, it actually means that he breathed in. So let there be light, right? He created everything and he spoke. And on the seventh day, he breathed in. He rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So here's, here's what I want to do. I just, I just want to look at the 10 commandments really quick. Just, just all 10 and just refresh us on what they say. Number one, no other gods before me. Two, no idols. We agree with all that. That sounds good, okay? Don't take God's name in vain. Yep, doing our best for that. Sabbath, okay, we throw that one out. Five, honor your mother and father. Come on, we honor our parents, right? You shall not murder, okay? Uh, we agree with that one for sure. No adultery, that's another good one too. No stealing, okay? Uh, don't bear false witness no covenanting. Like for some reason, we read the 10 commandments and we're like, I agree with all nine. Right? Like we would agree it's sin to do all these, but we have no problem neglecting the Sabbath. Come on, that's convicting, huh? Like, isn't it significant that not murdering is on the same list of 10 as the Sabbath? Does that give the Sabbath some weight? That to not have a, you know, commit adultery is on the same list as keep the Sabbath? I don't know. Why why have we been so casual in our pursuit of keeping the Sabbath? But Pastor Mark, we're under the law of the Spirit now. We're not under the law. I agree with you 100%. But the Spirit isn't leading you into adultery. The Spirit isn't leading you to lie spirit isn't leading you into covet, right? So I would suggest fully yielded and submitted to the spirit of God as a a company of kingdom people, we should be keeping the Sabbath and and we should prioritize it. You know, keeping the commandments, it doesn't get us saved, but if we keep them, we'll be blessed. Keeping the commandments, it doesn't get you saved, but if you keep them, you'll be blessed. Remember why God instituted the Sabbath in the first place for you. It's for you. It's for his, it's a gift from him. So in the same way, obedience brings blessing. I think we can agree that disobedience brings consequence. Did anyone disobey their parents as a kid or an adult? Was there consequences? Caleb Marlon looks down over here. sinner. Come on, if you partake in adultery, is there gonna be some consequences? Here's a nice encouraging verse just to emphasize the weight of the Sabbath. Numbers 15, verse 33, it says, one day while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. The people who found him doing this took him before Moses, Aaron, and the rest of the community. They held him in custody because they did not know what to do with them. He was breaking the Sabbath. Moses, Aaron, Everybody, he he was breaking the Sabbath. Can you believe it? This, this This is how holy it was. This is how revered the Sabbath was. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must be put to death. The whole community must stone him outside the camp. So the whole community took the man outside the camp and stoned him to death. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses. At the time, breaking the Sabbath was punishable by death. Now, obviously this isn't the day and age we're living in. And if it was, all of us would be dead, I would assume, you know, but but the principle remains that our disobedience will often emit consequence. So listen to me here. Here's what I'm concerned about. There's not a physical death we experience in neglecting the Sabbath, but in the same way the brain deteriorates without the rest, our souls are going to deteriorate too. And I'll break that down a little bit more in a second here. But our series is titled Royals. And we're talking about being kingdom-driven families, right? Having kingdom-driven relationships. And I want to make known that kingdom families need to honor the Sabbath. And I said, our, you know, we, I haven't done a great job with this. And I've been convicted about it because I think that it should be honored. I, I think there's great blessing that we're missing out on because we're neglecting the Sabbath week after week, month after month, year after year. And if we don't prioritize a Sabbath in our homes where mom doesn't do anything, dad doesn't do anything, kids don't do anything, if that's not your season, then you need to take a Sabbath individually for yourself. So this is for everybody. But, but also specifically in the home, if we don't orchestrate, implement a Sabbath into the home, then we're gonna continue to see the home break down year after year like we have in America. Honestly, I think that's a, I, I think part of the reason the home's so broken and chaotic in America right now is because we don't rest. Everybody has their own agenda and we're all running every which way and we don't take that time to be together as a family. And when we don't take time to rest, to set that one day aside where we don't work and, and we take time as a family, or, or, or if it's not that season you're in, you know, to take time for your own self, When we don't do that, we wonder why marriages are falling apart all around us. We wonder why men are depressed and the women are anxious. We wonder why there's a disconnect in relationships with our kids because we never take time to go, no, 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 we're not doing anything today. We're gonna stay together as a family. We're gonna honor the Lord. We're gonna set this aside. We're gonna honor him. I wonder what blessing has the home missed out on because of year after year neglecting the Sabbath in the same way that deep sleep flushes out our brain. I felt in my spirit so strongly while I was preparing this message I said to Abigail when I came home I think it was Friday. I said if if people would implement the Sabbath in their homes I think we would see healing take place in homes. I really do. You know, I, I thought really quick, you know, we have these three girls in our home now. And so I have that middle child, Elena, and you know, you have Jazzy, our oldest, who's she's really spunky and runs around the room and you know, has this big, bright personality. And then you got baby Glory, who takes like all of mom's attention because she's got to feed her and take care of her and she can't walk. And then you just kind of have Elena, who's a little more quiet and a little more reserved and you know, is a little sassy and she just, I just been feeling like there's this disconnect with her lately, just the way that things had been going. So I, I don't know, a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago, I can't remember. I just, I had to go run out. I had to run out to the store and I'm like, I'm just going to take Elena. So I just took her, put her in the car, just, just talking to her in the car. Hey, I love hanging out with you. I think, I think you're great. I love spending time with you. And it it was this time to reconnect, and I swear I saw like improvement in her mood. And and I felt a greater connectedness with her and, and just felt like some of that time maybe healed some of that, I don't know, discontentment or discouragement, that disconnectedness she had been feeling. And I feel like that's kind of a picture of what that Sabbath is. It's this reconnecting with our Father, recentering, setting time aside to not be so distracted and just remember who's Lord, but also there's something that happens in us. There's something that gets healed in us. God said, this gift is for you. Here's what we forget. Jesus talked about the Sabbath too. Mark 2, verse 23, one one Sabbath day as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? But Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read the scriptures, what David did when he had his companions and he was hungry? He went into the house of God during the days of Abathar. broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirement of the Sabbath. I'm going to read that again. Ears perked up. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. The Sabbath is for you. You don't take the Sabbath so much for God. He does something for you. In the Sabbath. Can we say amen right there? So if God has something for us in the Sabbath, maybe we should make room for it in our lives. Maybe we should make room for it in our homes. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. The Lord has implemented the Sabbath for our good. And I think we've neglected his instruction on this. One, because we're just ignorant or we don't know that a Sabbath exists or that it's significant for the believer. But two, I don't think we trust God. I don't think we trust, you know, and we see the picture. I'll give you enough on the sixth day, so you'll have enough. I'll give you enough for your business. I'll give you enough for your relationships. I'll give you enough I want you to set apart a day as holy, but God, I gotta, I gotta answer those emails. God, I, I, they're calling. I haven't, I have, you know, this text. I, this could be important. I don't know. No, no, no. We, we gotta set aside a day is holy, and, and I believe that God will bless those other six days, and He'll give you enough for those other six days. And I felt specifically to give a little exhortation to the men in the church that the culture that exists in your homes is the culture you allow. The culture you create is the culture you allow. So listen, I know that's not the season all of us are in, but dads, you need to implement the Sabbath in your home. You need to tell your kids, nope, not going to your friend's house today. You need to tell mom, hey, close the computer. Whatever it is, this is... And, and man, that can look like, you know, you're, you're grilling steaks on the back while the kids are jumping on the trampoline. You know, you're playing wrestling in the basement. I don't know, whatever. It could be, you know, chopping wood with your girls. I don't know. But it's, it's setting aside that time. No, this is this is the Lord's day. And explain to our kids, here's why we do it. This is what the Lord's commanded us to do. It's a gift that he has for us. But then I want to go to my friend's house. Nope, that's just not what we're doing today. That's just not what we're doing So you got to find time. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be Saturday. Just just that 24-hour, that 20-hour period where you take time as a family and you sit and you have a meal together and you spend time together and you rest. You don't work. you got to hold each other accountable in this. You know, for me, it's going to be Mondays, so don't be texting me on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) For us... Mondays are going to be set aside as holy. And it's going to take aggressively protecting that. Setting it aside as holy. If we're going to develop a kingdom culture in our homes, we need to keep the Sabbath holy. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.